let us pray it is a true God there is none like you we give glory unto you we magnify your name we lift your name we confess and say there is none like you from the everlasting to the everlasting from eternity to eternity you are God you are God and to you we worship to you we give glory and honor Lord we invite you in our midst this evening ever and ever your presence makes a difference wherever two or three are gathered you said you will be in their midst and since you cannot lie we believe you are here and we believe you are here not to record our mistakes or our sins but you are here to give us life and life in the word Lord take away the stony hearts give us the heart of flesh be celebrated in our midst all for the glory of your name in the name of Jesus Christ we give thanks Amen Amen can be seated for a while I greet you all in the name of Jesus Christ and I bring greetings from Uganda my church knew that I would be here my family knew that I would be here and they sent greetings I thank your lovely pastor uh, who have opened the door is there our elder you know the pastor is the door to the church if he says I open we come if he says no nothing comes so to see that he has given me the opportunity to share with you the opportunity to receive blessings from you because I, I believe you have blessings yeah. and I also have blessings so may God bless him your brother Tim have said almost everything and I'm not going to add anything only what I can say it is true there is a move of God in Uganda and I'm a witness to that it is true it is like I grew with the message in Uganda 
I was there in its infancy. And I'm now I'm, I'm an old man. The biggest part of my life on this earth has been in the message. I know how it used to be hard even to get one convert. And I'm seeing how hundreds are coming by themselves. I was telling Brother Tim that it looks as if we have touched the right button without even knowing it. Something was hid from us all the way, but it looks as if we touched something. But I know that something is nothing else other than God. Every true revival, it is when God moves. So I thank God for what he's doing in Uganda. True, hundreds are accepting the message. It is not a fabricated thing. You see, it is so phenomenal that even we in Uganda, we like, what is happening? I remember one day when I was baptizing, I baptized around a hundred, near 200 believers. And the neighboring pastors could not believe it. They said, my, how can this be possible? Yes, it is possible. So may God bless you, you people who are supporting. Really, what you are putting in, the efforts you are putting in, are not in vain. Your prayers, the financial assistance, your presence when you come down there, all are appreciated and celebrated. And your words are there. So I know the time is short. But again, we, we, it doesn't need to talk a lot. Just one word to a wise man is enough. I know... Uh, When God is there and I speak the right words inspired from God to the right heart, something will take place. We are not here by accident and that I'm the one standing here. Before the foundation of the world, God knew that I will stand here And you may eventually find that I'm just here for only one person. I always tell my people that look here, someone is like a buffet. When you are invited to a buffet, you don't need to eat everything that is put before you. If you try to do that, it will be a disaster. But you only pick what is yours. A two-hour sermon does not all belong to you. But in that two-hour sermon, 
Something belongs to you. And when you pick that, that's all you need for that day. So tonight, I felt like I share with you something I was sharing with my, with the ministers in Uganda. I happen to be a spiritual father to hundreds of ministers. That is by his grace. So when I was talking to them some few months ago, we are sharing on the bride's identification and her assignment. So uh, I want to talk on the assignment of the bride. And uh, I want first to read from Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. It is Apostle Paul addressing it to his son Timothy, his protege, because Paul was a mentor to Timothy. Really, it is not a letter from a dying man, but it carries some important message we can pick even this night. Here he says from verse 6 and says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me to that day and not to me only but unto all them also that love his appearing may God add blessings to the reading of his word as you sit down I'm not going to preach because when I preach because of language barrier I may end up preaching to myself so I, I will say, let me talk to you. And just take it as a talk. They do the preaching. So let me do the talking. You see, here Paul is addressing, uh, is talking to his protege, Timothy. He says, I have, fought, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. It is as if he is saying, I have finished my assignment. Wisdom is the ability to excel in the present day assignment, in the assignment that is given to you. 
many people, even today, probably here, you may be seated here, and you really don't know why you are here. You don't know why you were called. You see, God never calls anyone to entertain him. You are called for a purpose. There is an assignment. In Webster's Dictionary, what is an assignment? It is a task. A liability, an obligation, a responsibility, a post, a position, an office to which one is assigned, a specific task or amount of work assigned or undertaken by an authority. And many, many other definitions. In the questions and answers that we are dealt with on 12th January 61, there was a question that was given to Brother Branham. And it goes like this. How does one know their, their rightful position in the body of Christ? And here he says, that's a good one. That would be the kind of question amongst many of us tonight. How do you rightfully know? You see, Paul is talking about a reward. You and me better know that you cannot be rewarded when you don't accomplish your assignment. When you are doing God's service without His will, don't expect a reward. He will never say thank you because simply you are doing, you are doing it because you decided. Look here. There are two types of decisions. There is a decision you make and you are solely responsible. God does not have a part. But there are another decision when you decide then God takes over the responsibility. I can give many biblical examples but you take it as that. Even today, you may be having a decision whereby you bear the brand yourself. God is not in the picture. But it is wise to make a decision. Immediately when you make a decision, God takes over the consequences of that decision. And it all comes when you recognize your assignment. 
So brother Branham goes on to say, how do you write Frenon? I'm presuming that this, this brother wants to know what a position in Christ, what a part of Christ do I pray? In the message Invisible Union, paragraph 279, the spirit of Elijah in Brother Branham is talking about the Pentecostals. And he says like this, well, we know that the modern church, in its present condition and present state, is in no condition to finish up the Great Commission. We can say the Great Assignment. Why? He goes on to give the reason. They are fighting one another. They are fasting. One is this, one is that, one is the other. And it is unfortunate that that vice has creeped also into the message circles. Do you know why? Because it is intended to check your focus. The devil never always reacts to your past because the past is gone. But he usually reacts to your present and your future. And what does he do? The devil does his level best to distract you and me. To make us lose our focus. You see, there are things that are brought into our pathway of faith, of life. And surprisingly, God allows those things. They are there, you cannot do away with them. Probably, it is a neighbor who is always disturbing you. Oh, probably uh, it is a church member who is always disturbing you when you are a pastor. You eventually discover, you see, I've been a, a pastor for nearly 40 years and I know what I'm, I'm talking about. There are people in the church that will never appreciate you. They will never see anything good in you. And they are not going away. (laughs) So you eventually discover that probably it is a neighbor. And he will never understand you. Look here. There are people who will never see anything good in you. No matter how much you try to please them, 
They simply will never see anything, anything good. They will never see any value in you. And you know what? You find yourself trying your level best to please them. But it's high time you know that don't waste your time on such a characters. Because while you invest all your time in those people and they will never appreciate you, they are only making you lose your focus elsewhere there are people who are waiting for you. So there are people, things that are put into a pathway of faith. And God purposely puts them there to build our focus. Brother Branham was quoting from the book Pilgrim's Progress. And if you happen to ever read that book, there is a section where the, the Christian reached into the market of vanity affair. This is a place where there were people busy selling nothing. They were really busy, but selling nothing, things of no value. But they were there. And why were they there? Because God knew, we can take it, God knew that there will be travelers that will travel along that line, along that road. And that market was put there only to distract. So when you discover such a character in your life, the answer is, you are simply not assigned to that human being. You just click, you know, on the other corner there is somebody who is waiting for you and he will celebrate you. When Brother Branham uh, got that vision of the bride in preview, remember at the end, he saw two Christians trying to get off the line. In other words, they were losing focus. And he got out of the vision crying, back to the line, back to the line. Because as long as you are not in the line, you'll never fulfill your assignment. Now tonight, I'm sharing with you, church, and I'm reminding you that you belong somewhere. You are not everywhere. Like now, you are not a fresh virgin. 
But foolish virgins are in the Bible. You are not the 144,000. But they are there in the Bible. Neither are you a pair. But pairs are in the Bible. So in the Bible there is the anointing that goes with the foolish virgin. They have their specific anointing. The 144 have their specific anointing. There is also the anointing of the tears. But I believe I'm talking to the bride. So the bride also has a specific anointing. There are four things that are ever in a human life, a Christian life. Four important things. One, God. Because without God, you are not there. God is number one. Because as we are talking about the assignment, who assigns the authority is God. We are told in the Bible that if you are coming to him, you must first believe that he is. And he is the reward of those who seek him diligently. That is number one. Number two, what seed are you? That is very important. Because the law of the seed is each seed must bear its kind. Look at the seed. Every seed has a law inside it. And each, each seed has a specific law. I'm a farmer myself. I don't know what you are. But if you are a farmer, you will understand. Look at the bean seed. The law inside that seed governs it and gives it in, in instructions that come on, when you germinate, your leaves must be broad. And it is a must. Get a corn seed. There is a different law. Because instructions in that seed is, when you bring out leaves, they must be sharp pointed. That law continues on to maturity. Because what was in the seed, it is finally the same thing that matures. So to me, maturity is the reporting back. Because this is the seed 
that is coming back to the sower and he says, look at me. Do I, do I resemble what I sowed? So what a seed are you? It is very important. Because live around the seeds that were that fell on the hardlock, uh, others fell on the ground. Let us be specific on the seeds that fell on good soil. That they fell on good soil does not mean that the harvest will be the same. Because some were 30 fold seeds. Others were 60. Others were a hundred. No way, under no circumstance, can a certain seed ever produce a hundred. You'll be wasting your time when you are in the certain fold and you are cracking your head to produce a hundred. And when you are supposed to produce 100 and you are still on 60, you are still underused. So that is the second important thing. What a seed are you? As you are seated there, you are a type of seed in the right soil. If you are a seed that grows where there is a lot of water, and they put you into upland soil, you cannot yield to your potential. Because the right seed in the right soil produces the right results. But the right seed in the long soil, the result is poor. Probably you are asking yourself, why is it that I'm not yielding the way I would like? Probably you are a right seed in a wrong position. What you only need is to reposition yourself. Number three, you are positioned in the body. Because that you are in the body, that is not enough. You need to know you are positioned. Just imagine if the ears were on the feet. Just imagine if the arms were on the head. You have to know your rightful position. Then last but not least is your assignment. The reason for your existence. The problem you were created to solve. Because I want to remind you, church, that you were created to solve a specific problem. And before God, you are not plan B. You are ever plan A. And the problem you were created to solve 
determines your value. And it also determines your reward. You may be living in a world where you hear about testimonies, God working, and you wonder what about me? There is God rewarding system. What I am talking about is not eternal life. Eternal life you are given free. But remember, though we received it free, but it has a price behind. But when you want a reward, what have you done? What have you done so that God may reward you? It is not until you solve a specific problem that you land into God's rewarding system. So probably because you are not successful, you haven't solved any problem. Only when you recognize your assignment and come back into your, your rightful position and solve the problem you were specifically created to solve, then God is going to reward you because God cannot lie. Yes, the reason of your existence Think about that as Kamoa tree. It was like any other trees. Probably many came and uh, took leaves from that tree. Or others benefited from its fruits. But look at it. Why was it where it was? Before the foundation of the world, God knew that there will come a short man called Zacchaeus. And Jesus will be passing that away. And this short man will want to see Jesus. And that tree was positionally placed in the right place at the right time for Zacchaeus to see Jesus. Think about this colored brother who helped Jesus when he really needed help and carried his cross. He was like any other tourist in the really we don't know why he was in Jerusalem at that time, but he happened to be in the right street at the right time. To even help God. He saw a crowd of people approaching him. He really didn't know why he was there. I know soldiers are ever rude. Probably they didn't beg him to carry the cross. It was order, you carry. He was not prepared for that assignment. But God knew that he will do it. Yeah, the bride's assignment. Brothers, we are talking about 
the assignment of the bride. Your assignment is the only place where you will ever flourish. The only place you will ever feel excellency. It is the only place you excel. In your assignment, it is the only place where your blessings are waiting for you. You are busy chasing out after your blessings. You are hunting for your blessings in a long way. You are cracking your head. You don't know why. But it is, there is only one place where you are, your blessings are simply waiting for you. In your assignment, it is the only place where you will succeed. Your assignment may be only probably to one person. There is only one person that is waiting for you. And when you arrive into his life chain, his future begins. Just one person waiting for you. It is like Aaron. The assignment of Aaron was be where Moses is. As long as you are there, Aaron, as long as you are near Moses, you are in your rightful position. See how Israel waited for Moses to arrive. The whole nation in captivity was waiting for one human being. And that human being was Moses. Look at Moses, how he ran away from his assignment. It is as if he was satisfied to look after his father-in-law's flock. He looked as if he was satisfied until God moved in. It is like God was asking him, what are you doing here, Moses? I'm looking after my father-in-law's flock. But no, you are a deliverer. Somebody is waiting for you in Egypt. When Moses arrived into the chain of Israel as a nation, the exodus started. So your assignment can be Probably in the church you find that your assignment is only to the pastor. And what is your assignment? You eventually discover that God brought you into the church just to make your pastor happy. (laughs) Do you know what Brother Branham says? When your pastor is happy, then God is happy. 
And you know the results when God is happy. When God is happy, then he surprised. So you find that your purpose of being brought into this church is to make your pastor happy. Your blessings are only in your assignment. And your assignment, most of the times, is geographical. It is not everywhere. It is somewhere. That's why you need wisdom. You see, each one of us is born with instinct, but not wisdom. You are a human being. You were born with that instinct as a human being. But the Bible says, if you lack wisdom, ask God. Since your assignment is geographical, and I usually tell people that it is in that place called there. That a place called there. I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Elijah, the drought is already here. You declared it. But you have to be fed. And you cannot be fed everywhere. Your food is in the place called there. Not everywhere. And you have to know that a place called there. Because in that a place called there, your provisions are waiting for you. Because that you feel that the door is open does not necessarily mean that that door is opened by God. There are many opportunities that are not brought by God. So you have to say, right, the door is open, but you opened it. Yes, I see opportunities, but who brings these opportunities? Probably it may be an opportunity with the intention of making you lose the focus. So that's why you need to seek the wisdom of God. Yes. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the ability of knowing the difference. Difference in anointing. Difference in opportunity. Yes, you belong somewhere. Your assignment is in that place called there. Because in that place called there, 
ravens will be there to feed you. And when the resources seem to be finished, then it is in that other place called there. Because God has directed a widow to feed you there. Yes, your assignment is unique. As I said earlier, you are not God's plan B. You are ever God's plan A. And the problem you have to solve is so specific. Because remember when Brother Branham was answering that question, it was like, when somebody says that he's an evangelist, I just watch the way he's built. Because God calls you in the sense he created you. Because gifts and callings are without repentance. The way you were created, the way you are, is the clue to your assignment. So the problem you were created to solve is built in you. So your assignment is unique. That's why in First Peter chapter 2 verse 9 it says we are a special people. A special class. You see we are a chosen people. So specific. In the mind of God, we hold a special status because we have a special assignment. Your assignment is so unique for you that you need a unique preparation. As long as you are assigned to something, you are prepared to do it. Look at Adam. Adam had a special assignment in Eden. Adam, look here. I give you the whole garden. Millions of trees. You are free to eat everything. But live for me on one tree. As long as Adam abided by the instructions, he was safe. But we know what happened. He lost the focus. Adam, I give you Eden. Cultivate it. All these are resources. Let me see how you use them. Because you are a small God. Adam, I give you this. You have a work to do. You see, when you realize your assignment and you finally discover that God is inviting you and God has made you a sword, then God is not the one coming to sharpen you. You do your own sharpening. You see, there are things God does not do. He waits for you to do it. 
to recognize your assignment and move to your assignment. So you need a unique preparation. When God gives you your assignment and you recognize it, then your future begins. The bride of Jesus Christ has a specific assignment. That's why he needs a specific training. We read about Esther in the Bible. You see, she was raised up. Because God who knew the beginning to the end, knew that in the future, there is a certain man that is going to rise up in the kingdom. And he will be contemplating genocide to the Jewish nation. When Esther was being raised up, she really didn't know why whatever was happening to her life was happening to her. But she was being trained for one specific duty to avert the genocide. That's why we read that there was a preparation. Because each office has its own protocol. The girls were prepared in the first chamber, in the second chamber, and they were trained how even they were going to meet the king. I thank God that the end time bride also has a specific preparation. (coughs) God had to send a message. Now remember this. You don't create your assignment. You simply discover it. So the purpose of the message is not to make you a bride. The purpose of the message is to remind you that you are a bride. And to move you into your rightful position. And when you realize a realization, then the rapture takes place. Because Jesus is not coming for an immature bride. He's coming for a bride that is mature. And knows her position. Yes, every office has a protocol. You don't simply enter into an office. Joseph wouldn't come from the prison and be the second in command in Egypt. No, he had first to be washed and shaven and everything to qualify to walk before the Pharaoh. Look at Daniel, a slave. Though he was picked from the best, but still there had to be a preparation on what to eat and uh, what to drink and how to dress and everything. That's why you have to be particular. Yes. 
in what you are feeding on. Today, I have discovered that many message believers, the only message they know probably, I don't know what is here, the only message they know, it is what they hear their pastor quoting on the pulpit. They have no time to listen to the message. They simply have no time. They are too busy. Probably because I'm in Canada, we can say, you feel you are a Canadian. But I'm reminding you that the Canadians are not going to heaven. It is only the bride that will go to heaven. So the message is not preparing a Canadian. The message is preparing a bride. The message believers today are really friendly with the social media. They are always on WhatsApp, on Twitter, on Instagram, on everything, every character there. They really know. And the only message they know, it is a quote the pastor used on Sunday. To me, that is a message Catholic. We end up having message Catholics. And to me, that is hybrid. And remember this church, heaven does not mix. So the bride needs a specific preparation. And it was imperative for God to send the messenger with the message. Because it is the message that makes you particular. It is the message that makes the difference. While other denominational vultures are looking through their denominational filters and their denominational glasses, the true ego recognizes who she is by what she is feeding on. Anyone who is filled with the Holy Ghost here will bear with, uh, record with me that how did he or she get the Holy Ghost? He or she gave God time. If you ever expect to receive anything from God, you give him time. But if you are too busy, remember this. A protege or a learner is not someone who is listening to you, but it is someone who heeds you. Because you can listen but not heed. 
It is not somebody who is listening to you, but is that a person who is taking the instructions. So the bride of the end time has an assignment. Brother, sister, we are responsible for the resurrection. It is when we are mature and we report back that we are mature. Again, here God is talking like a farmer. You see why a farmer can determine when to go to sow the seeds. And a farmer can determine when to go and weed the crop. He's in control from the seeding to the maturing of the crop. But look, at the harvest time, it is not the farmer who commands the crop that mature. It is vice versa. There is a supernatural conversation between the crop and the farmer where the corn supernaturally reports to the farmer that I am mature. I'm already ripe. You come and harvest me. You read between the lines. This time, we are, we are reporting to heaven. We are already mature. Yeah. Amen. Then there is the resurrection. Right. Amen. Amen. Very good. Our text tonight is the bride. You see, God knew about us before the foundation of the world. He conveyed the message to Noah in the rainbow. Moses saw the bride in the types and shadows. When he went up the mountain and he was instructed to build the temple, the habitation of God. Yes, Jesus spoke about the bride in the parables. You go and look into Matthew 13, seven specific parables, seven church ages. Really, it is the bread that's being spoken about. But here in Revelation chapter 5, we see who the bride is. From the book of life, continue onwards to that smaller book. Then the bride is identified to who she is. This is what God was talking about. You are so specific that God separates you from all other economies. You are so special that you need special attention. But that special attention also attracts distractions. The more important you are, the more enemies you create. 
When we say, I thank God I don't have enemies. It is as if you are saying, you are useless. <laughs> so that we are a bride. Does not mean that we are free from enemies. Does not mean that we are free from temptation. Look here. In the message across the mystery of God revealed, it says, Eve, the first Eve failed by mixing. Then the second Eve failed. The church failed. But the last Eve will be tempted like the first and like the second. But look here. Good news is she is predestinated not to fail. That's how special we are. Yes, in the church age series, I'm reading like this, the forest vine came into full fruitation in this age. And her fruit would mature and ripen. That is correct. This evil spirited church, full of iniquity, will be revealed as the mustard seed that grew into a tree, wherein rode the falls of the air. And at her head will be the Antichrist, the mystery of iniquity. All this is true. And if this is true, then it must also be true that the bride church will also mature. And her ripeness shall be an identification with her Lord by the means of the word. Now, what is stopping you from appreciating the word? What is stopping you from appreciating the message? I was telling brother Tim that Jesus is ever successful where he is celebrated. Not where he is tolerated. So what is that a thing in you that does not make you celebrate the message you have? Brother, sister, there is the power in the message. <laughs> if you didn't know, I am a living testimony. Brother Tim was telling you how I came into the message. Look here, from a piece of paper, worth 20 Uganda shillings. Then a soul who is me, I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then from one human being, a church is established. Then from one church, hundreds of churches. Okay, we can easily say those hundreds of churches can be synagogues. Because you know there is a difference between a church and a synagogue. 
But when we are gathered together and we are worshiping, when you see the Holy Ghost come, Hallelujah! When the Holy Ghost comes, it caps everything. Yes, there is power in the message. If I can tell you how God found me, when I look back, I say, why did God choose me? He knows. He knows. But what I know now is God does not call the perfect. But he ever perfects the called. God does never call the holy. Because I was not holy. But he sanctifies the cord. So what you are neglecting, what you feel there is no value, you are on social media, you are a fan of social media, instead of Facebook, you are ever on Facebook. Tonight I'm shouting at you, Back to the line. Yes, sir. Don't lose focus. Amen. There is power in the message. Amen. Yeah, the true bride will also mature. And you cannot mature on Facebook. You cannot mature on WhatsApp. You cannot mature on social media. You mature by feeding on the bride's food. Yes, we are in the last showdown. Let me talk about those three showdowns as I'm winding up. Though Tim said uh, that since I'm here for I'm a visitor, but I'm time conscious. If it was in Africa, uh, three hours would be a short time. But if I announce that we are to be here for the rest of the night, it will be a different story. So, the showdowns. (coughs) And it is at that such a time, that the true messenger always comes. Then in the later rain, we will come to the Mount Camel showdown. Watch this carefully. And watch it and see it in the word. John was the first forerunner of Malachi 3. He planted the former rain and was rejected by the organizations of his day. Jesus came and had a Mount Transfiguration showdown. The second for one of the cross will suffer the later rain. Jesus will be the showdown between the denominations and the creeds. The first showdown was Mount Carmel. The second was Mount Transfiguration. 
And the third one, you and me can guess. But what about the showdowns? In the first showdown, there was one true prophet and many hundreds of counterfeit prophets. The purpose of those counterfeit prophets were meant to distract. Then look here. In the second showdown, what was taking place? Everybody was claiming to be the son of God. The Pharisees thought they were the sons. The Sadducees thought they were the sons. But we know Jesus was the only begotten son. So what was the purpose of the Pharisees? To distract. Now today, every church claims they are the bride. Every church claims they are in the thing. They have the truth. Why is that? It is meant to distract. But if you want to excel in your assignment, ask God to give you wisdom. Because when you have that wisdom, you will know where God is. And you will eventually discover that your God is in that place called there. And all your blessings are there. And once you are in your assignment, your reward is there. May God bless you. As I turn the pulpit to the pastor.